0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And this is Real Presence Live. Steve Sponskowski along with Tom O'Keefe. And we're having a great conversation this morning. Again, a little recap. We started this morning talking about the banquet coming up February 6th here in Fargo uh, with Dr. Ralph Martin. Martin. So check out realpresenceradio.com if you want to sign up and be a table host for that. A great opportunity to come together in evangelization. We talked with Father Christopher Cowles, and he talked about being seen by the Father. And of course, Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, one week ago, celebrating her feast day. And really being seen by the Father changes the conversation a little bit, right? Again, he mentioned the examine. We're asking asking the Father to show us how he sees us in our day, And then we just had a conversation with Pat Castle about life work, running that they might have life, and, and really putting that message out there that, that we have a loving father. Uh, we don't have to hate ourselves. De- the devil, he wants us to hate ourselves. He wants us to destroy ourselves. It's easier for him if we just destroy ourselves. So if he can get us to hate ourselves, we'll destroy ourselves, and, and his work is done. But we have to remember, we have a loving father. But... In the middle of here, this conversation is going to open up the sandwich with Dr. Mark Creechie, where we have we need to see ourselves, you know, knowing that we have a loving Father through this examine of our lives with the Father, and that opens up a new world, which makes us makes it possible for us to go out into the world and evangelize. But what nourishes us in order to be going out into the world? To evangelize, So the middle of this sandwich, we're going to talk about kind of a Eucharist sandwich, right, Dr. M- Doctor Creechy?
1: What a setup. I <laughs> tell you, that's a wonderful Off setup. Off the cuff, too. Yeah. Off the cuff, yeah. This guy's a pro,
0: isn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, we, we hope that the Holy Spirit's coming up with the words and we're just uh, putting them out there. So let's talk about that, though, how really the Mass prepares us for this missionary discipleship. Well, you know, and, and just a, a little bit of um, background um, in my
1: role as um, a Uh, I worked part-time for the Catholic Church, uh, the Crookston Diocese. Um, This Pew Research study that came out a few years ago, which showed that roughly about a third of the Catholics believed in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. A third wasn't really sure what the church taught. And then a third, and I think it was like a big third, 36 39%, um, thought it was just a symbol. And at the same time i'm working in the office of formation and discipleship trying to help people see we're all called to be missionary disciples and there's just something about that pew study and the work that we were doing that i thought well of course let's look at the mass because think about this what happens at the end of mass we're given our mission go and announce the gospel of the lord our, our mission as prophets Go in peace, proclaiming the Lord with your, glorifying the Lord with your life. Our, our priestly mission. We're, we're given our mission at the end of Mass. So Mass is something, the the Eucharist is something that both sustains us in our faith and brings us closer, you know, intimately close with Jesus. But then Jesus has a plan for us, not to just sit in church forever. Why wouldn't we want to stay there? Because Jesus remains. No, we're told go. We're told to go. So the Mass um, prepares us to be disciples of Jesus Christ to ultimately be sent on mission, which is what Jesus has done for the church ever since Jesus
0: was walking amongst us. You know, that's a great point. I was in the diaconate training. Uh, we had uh, one, of the, one of the presenters shared this idea that uh, there was a Muslim who had, who had said to a friend of his, do you truly believe Christ is present in the Eucharist? And he said, "Yes." He said, "Well, if if I truly believe that Christ was present, God was present in the Eucharist, I would never leave." And right there, I was thinking, "Yeah, why do we leave? You just give us the answer." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 not
1: meant to stay within the doors of the church. In fact, you know, um, Pope Francis and the joy of the gospel first of all, reminds us what the church has always taught, that in virtue of our baptism, all the members of the people of God are missionary disciples. And then in the joy of the gospel, he says that it's time for us to open up the doors of the church, not to wait for people to come in, but for those of us who've been fed by the body of Christ and who've heard the word of the Lord to go out, to go out and bring Christ to the world. Pope um, St. Leo the Great talked about how I won't get the quote exactly right, but, but when we receive Christ in the Eucharist, we can't help but become what we eat, and that is Christ in the world then. And so I do this parish mission, I go around our diocese giving this parish mission on becoming what we eat, and how each part of the Mass has a unique role in preparing us for our missionary discipleship. As I'm listening to the, to the themes here, as we're talking about the love of the Father,
2: uh, being sent on mission to be, be be fed by the Eucharist, I can't help but think about uh, Peter, who says, "Always, you know, be prepared to share the reason for our joy." And and when we come out of those doors that are, are burst open, what does that joy look like? And I think back in my my, my own life, how when I when I uh, I thought about evangelization, it was so intimidating to me mm-hmm. until I started to experience that joy. Mm-hmm. And then once you have that joy, it 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 changes your gives you courage. It gives you strength. It gives you this opportunity to speak because you have something to share now.
0: I think it's a great point, Tom, you make, and I want to go into this too because you talk about, and I, I believe that uh, uh, "Novo inu uh, Novo inuente, so entering into the new millennium. John Paul II talks about how if if we are Given the sacraments, if we 're alive in the sacraments and our prayer lives are alive and we 're filled with the spirit, this missionary spirit will naturally occur, and we will go out with that with that joy. But I have also uh, in some conversations over the year, you know over the last number of months, talked to a lot of pastors we 're doing a survey right now, and people are saying that they they're, they're have, they have a better prayer life than they 've ever had they 're receiving the sacraments better than they ever have, and we asked the question, what do you think of missionary discipleship? Not interested mm-hmm. and i 'm thinking. Okay, so if this is true, that we've been filled with the, the graces to be missionary disciples, and we don't want to do this missionary discipleship, we must misunderstand what missionary discipleship is.
1: And, and you know, in our lives, you know, we've lived under, um, since the Second Vatican Council, and it's, it was a missionary council. Um, John twenty third, in his opening address, talked about the need to send the church on mission. And of course, we were involved in mission, and we had missionaries going all over. The word of God had spread. You talked about Our Lady of Guadalupe, the, the star of the new evangelization. And and but the Second Vatican Council said the laity, the laity had to get more actively involved in the mission. And in the Apostolate of, of the Laity, the you know from the document from the Second Vatican Council, it called on the laity to truly go out into the world as priest, prophet, and king. That baptismal anointing that we've received. Now, a lot of people hear that and go, what? How, how can I do that? And so, what I, how I explain it to people is, you know, with the role of the priest. Glorify God with your life. You grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ, and then you glorify the Lord with your life. And, and so, we should every day be glorifying the Lord in how we live our lives. Prophet. Of course, that means speak about Jesus and talk about the church and, and your faith story, your faith stories. Um, and, and just be willing to talk and listen to other people talk about their faith stories as well. And then king, our royal mission, you know, and the the medieval kings of Europe were crowned by the bishop for a purpose because they were seen as having a sacred duty to bring the gospel to their kingdoms. Well, our royal mission is to live the gospel and align the world to the truth of the gospel in our many little kingdoms in which we live.
0: Yeah, it's a, a great invitation, and I don't think it's, again, sometimes people say, well, I'm not equipped, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm too young, as we hear in Jeremiah, or Moses says, I'm not a good speaker. Have somebody else do this. You know, and the Lord says, no, no, you can do this just by living your life well. Mm-hmm in in the sphere of influence that you have. I'll go back to even, just you want to talk about uh, like Stephen Covey and the seven habits of highly effective people. Just live Christ. He doesn't say this. He just says, you know, your sphere of influence, you know, you have that sphere. Well, guess what? You have a sphere. You have a group of people who are paying attention to what you're doing. Whether you're a leader or not, or whether you recognize it or not, you are a leader because there are people in your life who are watching every move you make and making decisions based upon what they see you do. And so we have to live Christ in everything that we do because we preach it through our lives.
1: And and it can be done in such little ways in terms of being a person that smiles, being a person that, you know, is patient, being a person who, um, well, I just got cut off in traffic coming over here. Well, not <laughs> laying on the horn and saying yeah. all sorts of things, but, you know, just gracefully letting that car in the lane Um You know, and then, you know, just talking about um, our our faith to say, oh, thank God this happened. Um, To be able to say, oh, yeah, I was at Mass, and Father had that beautiful little homily. He started out with the Grinch, and he talked about Jesus. I mean, all these little ways we can just share our faith. And then the way we treat people, like you were saying. You know, and do we live the corporal and spiritual works of mercy? Do we live the beatitudes in our interactions with everyone? Just think if every Catholic would do that every day of their lives. Heaven on earth. Yeah, people, people are attracted to light. People are attracted
2: to, to virtue. You know, you walk into the break room at work and there's 10 people in there. Uh, most likely you're going to want, want to be closer to that person that you know has has that virtue, has that light. So just to have that courage to, to live your life, to not... Uh, be afraid to say uh, I'm a Christian. Not be able to be afraid to demonstrate that joy just in the daily things of your life. And people are going to flock to you. Mm
0: We've been visiting here with Deacon Mark Creechie, Steve here along with Tom O'Keefe. And we're going to step aside for a break, but we're going to continue this conversation about how the Mass prepares us for missionary discipleship. And you're thinking, this missionary discipleship, it's a hard word to say, obviously, because I have trouble saying it right now. But it's also a concept that can be seem foreign to us, but it's actually not. It's actually written on our hearts. It's almost like a natural law thing where we're called, once we're filled with the Spirit, He just wants to get out and out to others and so we're going to continue this conversation on Real Presence Live. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
3: Does someone who takes their own life automatically go to hell? I'm Father Chris Alar. In 1993, my grandmother took her life, and for years I carried this burden because she committed a grave sin and had no time to repent. But the church states that certain mental conditions may reduce the responsibility of one who takes their own life. You are only eternally lost if you die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. And for a sin to be mortal, three conditions must be present, and one of those conditions is complete free will. I don't believe many people freely want to take their life, so there is hope for their salvation. To learn more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost. And to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. We all like to shop local, but sometimes there are items you can't easily get nearby. The next time you shop online, think of Real Presence Radio. If you use our special link, Real Presence Radio will get a portion of your purchase price on Amazon, and it won't cost you anything additional. Just go to realpresenceradio.com smile, and you're all set. You'll be directed to Amazon Smile, where a portion of your purchase price will be donated to Real Presence Radio. It's easy, fast, and doesn't cost you a dime. Find the link at realpresenceradio.com slash smile.
0: Did you know you can listen to all your favorite local shows like Awaken and Real Presence Live on any podcast platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Amazon Music? Just search for Real Presence Radio on your favorite podcast platform. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. And don't forget to give us a good rating so others can discover the shows. Listen to your favorite RPR shows anytime, anywhere by subscribing on any podcast platform. Just search for Real Presence Radio today. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. This is Real Presence Live. We're visiting here with Deacon Mark Creechy, Steve Splanskowski, along with Tom O'Keefe. And uh, we're talking about... How the Mass prepares us for missionary discipleship. Again, remember the conversation here. First, we have to recognize that we have a loving Father, and we have to see our life through Him, our day. We have to see it through His eyes, knowing that He loves us no matter what. And through that that understanding, we are sent out into the world, but not just yet, because we that's where we receive the sacraments. The sacraments fill us. And as we were sharing uh, on the other side of the break, there was a, a gentleman who was a Muslim had shared. He said, you know, if if I... If I believed that God was present in the Eucharist, I would never leave. But actually, we have the two great commandments, right? Love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and all your strength. And the second great commandment, your neighbor as yourself. And so it's, we're not just called to relationship with God, we're also called to be filled with that relationship and then bring it to others. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about the mass, how that is, that, that filling, we, we, we go to mass. Okay, first of all, let's be clear. We don't go to Mass to receive something. We go to Mass to worship God. That's why we go. However, we have such a loving and generous God that he never leaves us empty-handed. So, Deacon Mark Creci, let's talk about the pieces of the Mass, um, parts of the Mass, and, and how that really prepares us for this missionary discipleship.
1: Yeah, but, and what I do during the, the parish mission, of course, is over three nights kind of lay this out. But you, you mentioned God's love. And if you think about this, we start and we stop or end Mass under the sign of God's love, right? The sign of the cross, the, the loving Father, the beloved Son, the love they share, the Holy Spirit. We begin Mass under the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then Father sends us out on our mission with the blessing of that love. Why? Because we are on a mission of love. We're on a mission to share God who is love, and we remind ourselves that of that twice at the beginning and then at the end of Mass when we make that sign of the cross. And, and then, of course, we move into the penitential rite. You know, When I've gone around the diocese and I talk to people about being a missionary disciple, I hear, well, I don't think that's for me. I don't think I can do it. Or, or what it comes down to for, I think, a lot of folks is they go, I don't know if I can talk about my faith. I don't want to look like a hypocrite because I don't always follow my faith. None of us do. We are all sinners. And the beautiful thing about the Mass is that we publicly state that at the beginning of every Mass. The Confidier, I confess to you, Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have oh sinned a little bit. No, that I've greatly sinned. Well, okay, we state that. We receive absolution, and of course, that should also then draw us
0: to the sacrament of reconciliation. And and just a really quick, I love one of the changes that happened, I think it was in 2003, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, versus, well, I did this because everybody else is doing this to me, right? No, this is my fault. Uh, You've been to my mission then, huh? (laughs) He's he's taking my lines, people. No, 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 when I came out, I was like, this is so true.
1: It is so true. You're right, it's so true. Um, Where we, we don't want... We, we live in a society that doesn't want to talk about sin, or if we do, we want to blame it on someone else, right? No, it's through us. Yet, I, I talk about how God takes the sinner and sends them. And if you don't think you're sent because of your sin, just think about Peter and Paul. They had some big-time sins that are right there in sacred scripture for us all to learn or to, to hear about. And so, that, yeah, the confi- the, the, the um, the confidior draws us to an understanding that we're sinners, but we're still sent because of forgiveness. And then, understanding that, we lift our voices with those of the angels and sing the Gloria. Well, okay, not during Sundays, during Advent and right. Lent, and all, but the Gloria, which, which is, of course, what we're supposed to do with our lives. As missionary disciples, we're supposed to go out there and give glory to God. And plus, of course, there are many components of the Gloria that are just really good things to share, right? To share about our faith. So it's a great practice of our faith. And then, then we go into the liturgy of the Word, where Jesus, God, through sacred scripture, teaches us how to be a missionary disciple. How to, how to of course, grow in relationship to God as a disciple, but then how to take that into the world and and I, I use um, the opportunity of of that part of the mission on the second night to also then go into the bread of life discourse. Mm-hmm. we're 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 not sent on this mission on our own. We're sent with the body of Christ. We are sent with Christ. and And so the mass is meant to christify us so that we can be Christ in the world. And by diving into the bread of life discourse, um, the, we just kind of root ourselves into that teaching of Jesus. And then, you know, throughout, in, in the third um, night, we go into the uh, Eucharistic prayers. And the Eucharistic prayers are, of course, bringing us to the point where Jesus is present in, the, in his body, in, in, in his blood, soul, and divinity. But then that Eucharistic prayer is also a missionary prayer it's it's a prayer to um prepare us to go out on mission and then you know we talk about the communion rite where we receive the body of Christ and then we're told to go okay don't stay here mm-hmm. but to go
0: so there's a three night mission really crunched up <laughs> Yeah, and so you're doing these missions across the Diocese of Crookston. Tell mm-hmm. us some of the locations that you're, you've been at and where you're going to be coming up.
1: Well, I, d- I just uh, did it over at St. Joseph's in Moorhead as an Advent mission. And earlier in the fall, I was out at um, um, St. Mary of the Pines and uh, in Nevis. And I'll be, up, uh, I'll be doing this mission in Dilworth on February 27th, 28th, and March 1st. I'll be in Monoman March 20th, 21st, 22nd. And Detroit Lakes 26, 27, 28. You know, when when I put together this this mission, like I said I, at the beginning, I felt called by that Pew Research study and my work in discipleship. I didn't know the bishops were going to be calling us to Eucharistic revival, but that's how the Holy Spirit works. So now the priests are saying, "Hey, this would be a great." eucharistic revival event could you come and do this mission so it's great and going all over the diocese and booking into next year and that type of thing and it's just wonderful uh, the the people the way the people of god respond
0: yeah that's great um and it work where, where is this list of places do you have a website that people can go to so they can check out when you're going to be in delworth monoma detroit lakes that kind of thing or is it on the diocese or
1: well yeah i, I work Part-time for the Diocese of Crookston, the mm-hmm. Office of Formation and Discipleship. And it, so I know on the diocesan calendar, the along with everything else in the diocese,
0: these things are listed, yeah. Okay, so at the what's the, what's the diocesan website for Crookston? Crookston.org. All right, so crookston.org, and then look at the calendar. Yeah. All right. Deacon, because, can,
2: I, can I ask a question? I, I As I said during the break, I'm, I'm going to do a, a five-week thing on the biblical author of the Mass by Edward Sri at St. Anthony's. And, and one thing I, I want to go beyond that a little bit is, is talking about the mass and when when I'm evangelizing I work in a in a i would say a relatively uh okay born again environment and the thing that always comes up is all all the postures mm. the standing the kneeling why why do you, why why do you do all that stuff? There's so much symbolism and we don't we don't get it and um you know I've, as I've done some research myself, why we do that, but sometimes the, the average Catholic doesn't know why we do that mm. but we just have always done it so can you speak to a little bit about you know that at all.
1: Well, you know, um there, yeah, there's so many beautiful things that we do because of course Jesus took on a human body and and we are an embodied faith, right? Our bodies, you know, the the sacraments, it's all about our body and um, you know, body and words and uh, it, you know, and you mentioned the the story about the Catholic with Muslim friend. I think I might have read the same story because one of the things that was in that, this the account I read anyway, was this Muslim said, if you really think that's Jesus up there, if, if we thought, if Muslims thought Jesus, we, we'd fall we'd fall over. We, we couldn't even stand up. And the Catholic said to him, well, did you notice what we did? Mm-hmm. We kneel down in adoration, in anticipation of the miracle that's going to take place on that altar, and then in the presence of our, our Lord. And so, yeah, we, we kneel down, uh, you know, to, to say that's really Jesus up there. And it's, it's a beautiful thing that we do that's part of Mass. You mentioned the, the confitier, where we do, you know, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. And I, too, I really appreciate they brought back the motion that I remember as a little kid doing. But now they brought back the motion where we, we strike our breasts. Yeah, I, I'm the sinner. I'm, I, and it's through my fault that I sin. It's not. Through, I can't blame this on anyone else. So that little thing, the, the sign of peace. You know, when we make the sign of peace, we're, we're supposed to be prophets of peace out there. And so, what do we do? We exchange the sign of peace. You know, typically, of course, with like our family that are sitting around us, and that person that always sits in front of us, that you know, and the person who sits behind us. But we need to extend our peace to everybody. By saying the sign of peace to the people around us, we're saying to everybody in that church, "I offer you my peace." Um, the, off, the the um, um, offertory and, and putting in our money or or now you know these cards because you give online mm-hmm. that a lot of churches have and that that's that little action is returning of course our our bounty to God that's Old Testament right. But it's also that action by putting it in the basket. You're saying, "Yes, I'm in. I'm in. I'm offering myself to your mission, the mission of the church." And and so all these little things have such rich meaning. Yeah, yeah I, I watched this uh, podcast uh, with a, with a priest from somewhere. He talked about how,
2: the, exactly, you said uh, deacon priest about we are we are bodies and we participate in the mass with our bodies. We pray with our bodies. Mm-hmm. We stand to pray to honor the Lord. When when, when, we're, in a, when we're, a standing, we're in a position of standing, we are in a position of prayer. Mm-hmm. And then we sit to receive the word. And then we kneel in in humility, as to every knee shall shall bend. And there's so many there's little, little little symbolism that we can take for granted, but they're so rich when we participate fully in that mass.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, some of the conversation that's happening right now, and I know uh, uh, Bishop Cousins, uh, Monsignor Shea, they're talking about returning to that sacramental view of the world the sacramental view of the world, which goes back to, you know, Pope John Paul II's theology of the body, right, is that we these physical things that we see, they reveal to us something else, and that's why these postures are important, uh, the things that we do, uh, even sometimes we like, well, why are we repeating this stuff at Mass? Well, actually, repetition also has that, you know, that this is important. Uh, amen, amen, I say to you, right? I mean, the Lord repeats words um, for a reason, that there's an emphasis on this. And so knowing that, there's, that there, this is really there. Um, we do have to step away for a break. Deacon Mark Creasy, thank you so much for being with us. And again, folks, check out the website, Crookson.org. the calendar there. It sounds like a great mission. So thanks for the work you're doing. No, thank you. God bless your ministry as well. All right. This is Real Presence Live. We're going to come back on the other side of the break. Talk with Doctor Father James Ermer about Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi. Yeah, that's Latin. We're going to break it down and talk to you about what that all means right here on Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area
3: on the Real Presence radio network.